Welcome to the Abuan Chronicles podcast. This podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women, Hafsa, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, and Umm Khair. This is your host Istahil, hailing from Edmonton, the city of the frozen, and home of the Oilers. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. Welcome to another episode of the Abuan Chronicles podcast. On this episode, we'll be talking about all things K-pop, South Korean, K-drama. And on this episode, we have Istahil and Ikran. And the reason we're focusing on this episode is because South Korea is certainly a phenomenon right now. And so many things are happening. Parasite just won a Grammy. BTS is out here. Girl, Parasite all won things. an Oscar. <laughs> Was it an Oscar? I'm saying Grammy. <laughs> I'm getting all my awards mixed like, up. There's something wrong about that sentence. The word? Yeah, they won four Oscars. There we go. Yeah, and I think it was like the first time Korean movie has ever won, which is surprising because Korean movie, you know, like technically speaking, it's it's only because it's globalized. I think because South Korea is now everywhere and you kind of hear it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. Uh, it's it is crazy because there are so many incredible Korean movies. So I guess this it's crazy that this is the first one that's kind of made it over to North America and the rest of the world. Got accepted, yeah, more like got accepted because I think they air they show sh- movies all the time. It's just this one was recognized, you know, for its talent and stuff. Okay, so we wanted to talk about our own experience with Korean entertainment, South Korean entertainment, and how we got into it and how we found out about it and how fast it's grown in the past decade. Yeah. So when was the first time, Ikran, that you were introduced to South Korean entertainment? Um. Wow. So we're going to re- rewind and <laughs> go back in time. So I think for me, it would feel like it was different things that led up to it. So I used to watch anime. So like Naruto um, and like different, like that was mainly it um, back when I was in high school. So grade 10, grade 9, grade 10. And then I went from anime to watching Japanese drama. Then I watched a specific Japanese drama, Haniyori Dango. So it's a very yeah. famous series. So it's actually the Japanese version of Boys Over Flowers. So I watched the Japanese version and then I heard like there was a Korean version. Tried to watch it. It was disgusting. Anyone who likes that, <laughs> okay. The Korean and Japanese one's way better. And then, yeah. And then so it was just kind of like anime, J-drama, um, and then kind of like K-drama. K-drama. And then like, and you then know. K-pop? Yeah, so it was exactly that. Like, I watched K-drama first, like, You're Beautiful and those, like, really classic K-dramas, and then I got into K-pop. That's, like, a very common... Well, now it's not as common of a transition, but back then, that was the most common transition. How? What was yours? Like, how did you get into it? It was kind of weird, because for me, I was first introduced to K-pop. So, like, it was... I was in high school, like, you. this was Twilight era. So, like, 2007, 2008-ish, and... Basically, a friend of mine introduced me to this group. And back then, I wasn't into, I was never really into music all my life, but something about it was really R&B. And I think during that time, R&B was in a decline. And so K-pop really spoke to me then. It was like, oh my God, what is this? It was high key, low key, just Chris Brown re- recycles. 
<laughs> but at that time, at that time, it's like, oh my god, look at the dancing, look at the videos. All of them can sing. All of them are talented. All of them could do that, you know. So it's like I was sucked in, and so it went from like, and like you said, I was watching anime and all that stuff, but I wasn't really connecting the two. It was completely different, and so, and then it was hard because it was a foreign language. So it's like, how am I listening to something foreign language? But then I realized at that time I was also listening to Indian music and listening to Japanese music. So it's like, what's another language? You know, so it wasn't that jarring. Even though everyone around me was like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" <laughs> But for me, it was just literally it was just a transition from one culture to another. Also, I remember being introduced to K drama at a younger age because NBC, like NBC, is this、um, network TV network that airs in the Middle East and it's pretty famous. They have like NBC One, Two, Three. You know, shout out to everyone who watched NBC that. NBC Action, But- NBC Match. <laughs> Yeah, they all. Yeah, there was so NBC for anything and everything you need.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> NBC had、uh, Korean shows because they realized that when they dub foreign TV, it blows up in the Middle East. And so they had、um, after the whole Turkish, you know,、Noor. phenomena. They, if you know, you know. Yes, if you know Nur, you know you you know how crazy it went. Like Nur. Aired way before it be- it blew up in the Middle East. Like they re-promoted、um, that drama.、Mm-hmm. So during that time, my cousin told me that there's this Korean show、uh, on NBC that they dub, and it was like the soap drama. And guess who was in it? You know,、uh, Soji Sup, the guy from、uh, Master Sun, and what else was he in? Ooh, I know who you're talking about. You know, Kojo guy. Kojo. That yeah, that's、guy. exactly what I thought about. <laughs> Yeah, that guy.、Um, he was in this uh, an, uh, this uh, drama. It was called Cain and Abel, and it was really big in Korea. It blew up in Korea, and so they decided to dub it for Middle Eastern audience. And that's when, truly, that's when the Korean phenomena started in the Middle East. Because at that time, both my cousin and one of my closest friends was like, "Oh, you should totally watch this drama. It's so good." And the first drama I watched was this drama called Kim Samsoon. And literally, everyone in those two、uh, dramas. Is a super famous actor right now.、Like、I actually hated that, but yeah. Well, taste, you know. At that time,、mm-hmm. and also I was sick of、um, American TV because American TV were all getting canceled. Okay, and we only had、uh, Vampire Diaries, and we had like really rare shows that were consistently good, and like Korean dramas were like sixteen episodes of amazingness that you can marathon. In one night, you know,、yeah. and we used to. I remember in university, we used to like share a drive that had like five or six dramas all fully、oh、downloaded,、God. and and we'd watch it every weekend. It was like a culture. Yeah, Ali, and for me, the thing is like when I started getting into it, it was like towards the end of high school and beginning of university, and there were very few people that were interested in it. Right, you don't really meet anyone who like listens to K-pop or watches K-drama. So when you do find them, it was such a like thing you connect a on. A big deal. People I became friends with because of this genre are friends for life. We're like, still friends. We're truly still friends. Look at this. We're still friends. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. We went to university. We met each other, and it was so crazy to me that we all watched it. Like it was me, it was Ramla. There was a good ten. You know what's so funny? During orientation, we're all sitting in a thingy, and then you just hear someone talking about a K-pop or K-drama. Like this is what I remember: someone talking about K-pop or K-drama, like two tables down, and then I just noticed. All of us just gravitated towards that table. Excuse me, which K drama? Which group? Which, Who's your bias? Who's your was, favorite? What? 
And we were all from completely different backgrounds, completely different schools. Some of us went to only Arabic schools, like they only spoke Arabic. And some of us went to British schools and American schools. And we came from different backgrounds, like some of us are Somali, but a lot of us were like Indian or, you know, like Arab or like completely different. But all of us related with this one topic. And it was so crazy that literally fueled our friendship from then and kind of fate because it was so hard to find people that had, you know, that watched K-dramas or K- during that time not now but during that time it was so hard because it was not accessible at all and it made it that much more enjoyable you know because the way K-dramas work is that two episodes will air two days in a row right or yeah depending on what you're watching yeah so like usually it's like two episodes a week right and then they're yeah. usually like Monday Tuesday or something like that and then we'd watch it and then we'd all come together and be like, oh my gosh, did you see what happened? Like it just, yeah. when I look back, I feel like that's what kept me into K-pop. I'll be honest, just because, I mean, yeah. K-dramas and stuff. Because when I moved back to Canada and like, and everyone was kind of like, ew, you listen to K-pop? You watch K-drama? I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Because like, <laughs> K-pop I, is I, a completely different ballgame than dramas though. Because the dramas is something that you could do by yourself. But for well, K-pop, it's truly a cultural thing. No, but even K-pop, it would be like, oh, when the new music video comes, like you'd like, I'd be waiting for it when it would come out. Okay, you know? like you know, but it's we were out like high that key. Day. That's the thing. We were high key fans at that time, where mm-hmm. we didn't discriminate. It was so rare. First of all, I, like I was talking about accessibility, it was so hard. And when YouTube, when it became popular for uh, K-pop groups to post their videos on YouTube, that's when everything changed. Because mm-hmm. before then, before then, we wouldn't get video every video on YouTube. You would have to go on like Vimeo or Daily Motion to get oh, a video. Yeah, it's so ghetto. Oh my god, it was so ghetto. And then we'd we'd have to wait until international fans from like Asia dubbed it in like Chinese and then those people dubbed the Chinese to like you know another accessible language and then Arabic or something and then Arabic was dubbed in subbed I'm saying Arabic was subbed in English you know we'd have to wait until we like hi yes international fans please please watch this drama so we could all watch and isn't it crazy though that there were people who put time into subbing it for us so quickly after it came out it was a community thing now we have stuff like wiki what is it called not wiki there's this whole uh wiki community or wiki something i don't know what it was called if someone knows correct me please but there's this website that now promotes uh subbing and promotes like oh they they hire people or they get people to community sub their mm-hmm. um korean dramas but back then it was literally like a tumblr group a couple yeah, of people they- would be like hey i can speak korean hey i can proofread your english hey and then everyone does timeline of the, of the subtitles and then you download the subtitles yeah like you download the uh, like actual episode file as one and then you attach the subtitles as a separate file like you can add it on like vlc or something right and then what later on like websites came up kate crazy drama was it i can't even remember what the websites were but like websites started coming up that had all the episodes there was that one dora mix 264 or something Girl, there was so <laughs> where you many. could media fire media fire was a thing back then remember all those it was crazy it was all about like it was literally an international community effort because not there was no way we could have watched anything if it wasn't subbed or dubbed mm-hmm. and like what's what was even harder is specifically cape talking about k-pop it was impossible fan camps did not exist back then like it was impossible for you to see anything about your bias for those people who are not in like you know k-pop or k-drama there's this thing where you choose your favorite <laughs> it's not a thing you technically you either like all the members or sometimes you have a favorite member but then you want to know about this member because there's like eight 
members in a group or five members mm-hmm. in a group and then you become a fan of that one member if you want and then you want to know more about them it was now you'll see on twitter every time people uh, replying with like a fan cam of one member where one person focuses on the whole dance routine of just one member mm-hmm. back then you would never find anything like that You'd be lucky if you saw all the, not even all, if you saw like 50% of the performances of that group. Oh my gosh, times have changed. The way they advertise their different groups is like they have, let's say, five people. And then like each one has like a certain role. And then like each one plays like a kind of, if you think about it, a certain character. Power Rangers. Yeah, that's basically it, right? And then whenever, and then they would have like a lot of reality shows that would like kind of give you a more in-depth understanding of who they are whether or not those are accurate i don't i can't say but like you get to see them on like their day-to-day life and then you're like oh my gosh that's my favorite whatever his name and things like that so i feel like a, a, like a lot of what it's we very watched, invasive it if you think about oh, it oh 100 percent. like we didn't have fan count but we had like the actual companies filming them all the time yeah. i remember watching like big bang tv or like 21, 21 tv, TV. You know? he- yeah yeah like all these even like, um for shiny hello hello what baby was, but that was different yeah. yeah that was different but it was so freaking cute oh my gosh i loved it like there's hello yeah. baby that was like a reality show where they have to like take care of a baby yeah like you know when you think about american groups for example uh like they would do performances and they do tours and they do all that stuff but then they would go on an interview on ellen and they would go on like mm-hmm. maybe like tonight show and stuff like that for, for promotion in korea that's for it. promotion yeah but that's it in korea for promotion they go on they running do all man. of that they go on like reality shows like sure. running man which is a game show they go on several game shows several um interviews and that kind of, but their interviews are so tailored that they you know it's cherry picked you get to choose which one they, they have radio shows where you sit down like kind of like the breakfast club mm-hmm. but on top of that their entertainment company also makes them do specific reality shows like 20 win tv and big band tv where like shows showing you how they lived how they what they ate mm-hmm. how they interacted in their house you know like a camera inside yeah. their house kind of thing yeah. kind of like big brother exactly like they yeah. make you so invested in them as people that you're in you're a fan regardless so that's why it's like a lot of people are like let's say you're a fan of one group but you're also a fan of all these other groups because you're like watching their reality shows and you're watching them come like i watched running man like i liked it so like different guests would come on it right and then and you'd be like oh who's this yeah i like them they're funny yeah exactly right so like even if you're just watching a show because you watch that show you get to see the different guests on it and then they promote their stuff and then you're like, oh my gosh, this person's funny, right? And then, yeah. or like, you like them and then now you want to like look into, look into them more. So it was very interesting how they like, like their marketing strategy is completely different than like North America okay. or Europe and how like they market their content here versus there. Also, let's talk about the idea of perfection and idleness, like being an idol. When I tell you these people never have a hair out of place, they're literally, it's like they, you know, like the way it's they scary. market it is like, these people are for you, they're yours, they belong to you. It's that's the kind so of toxic. message oh. they send. Yeah, that's the kind of message they send. So when you see these stands that are literally acting like, you know, they're the gateholder of a community, whether that's the fandom or whether that's, you know, literally act like they're mm-hmm. the publicist, it's because that. That's how they're sold. That's how they're given to you. For example, if you compare it to One Direction, you never have ownership over One Direction. Yeah. You know, even like Justin Bieber, even in the craziest moments of Justin Bieber mania, Justin Bieber would spit on his fans and people could insult him and then, but he'd move on from it. In Mm -hmm. Korea, that would be career suicide. 
Yeah, like it's crazy because Koreans will actually cancel you. We talked about cancel culture before, and it's crazy because in North American media or whatever, like you cancel someone, people forget about it, they're back, right? Korea, if you are canceled, you are you are done. Your career is over. It's gonna take a lot more than just people forgetting about it for people to like accept you back, right? And also thinking, oh, it's not personal. They didn't harm you. No, you cannot say that to a Korean fan. It is mm-hmm. personal. You tripped. If you literally, you know what they do? If you look at a person sideways, like if an idol looked looks at a person slightly mad, they will post that picture in a billion tableaus saying, how dare they be rude to their fan? No matter how tired you are, no matter how like you ha- might have a resting bitch face, they do not care. They will cancel you for that. They're insane. And there was one huge controversy anyone who was in K-pop back in the day will know about. And that's like 2PM and Jay Park. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm saying. Like if Koreans cancel you, like it's going to take a lot. So Jay Park, 2PM when they debuted, they were all like teenagers. They were all super young. It's like this group of what six guys. Uh, Jay Park, yeah. he was American. He came from America. He came to Korea to train. 2PM was pretty special because they're from J- JYP, which is one of the... Th- at that time, one of the three biggest entertainment companies. Mm-hmm. And like 2PM specifically had a lot of foreign members. Yeah. You know? So yeah, they had like Thai members, Korean, so like Korean-American. Um, so yeah, so Jay Park comes in from America. He's part of this group. And um, he said some things on MySpace. I think like, yeah, he said some things on MySpace when he first went to Korea. So like what usually like in Korean groups, companies will take them in as trainees and train them for years before they actually let them debut, right? So J-Park... If, I, if, yeah, if they're if, lucky enough to debut. If they're lucky. Like it's not even guaranteed, right? So J-Park is in Korea training and whatnot. He's a teenager. So this is 2005, right? Um, I had to dig it up. Um, so he's 2005 on My, MySpace was very... Um, like you know was the it thing back pop then before, in, pop in before facebook yeah so this is before he debuted 2005 he said some things on myspace so he would be like oh i hate korea i want to come back this place sucks stuff like that right like he's probably homesick too clearly like i'm thinking like honestly who does like i know a bunch of somali kids who went back to somalia who said that mm-hmm. you know when they went back and stuff so it's just him like basically saying he hates it there take me back and he's like posting this on his myspace right anyways 2 p.m debuts they do really great and then he's people, super popular he's so famous yeah like 2 p.m is doing good things and then obviously like someone digs up his myspace posts from 2005 and says oh my gosh he hates us he's koreans he doesn't even like imagine if he wasn't korean so this guy is actually korean he's just a korean american he grew up in america so i can't imagine what he'd go through if he wasn't actually if korean wasn't, yeah but these people disowned him his company so jyp was like bye snip, snip. <laughs> you gotta go like they don't want they can't have him impact the group right yeah. what's happening to him and like the backlash so this guy literally goes back to the states i think it was like very quick there was so much backlash people hated him they're like he hates us yeah. the thing is it wouldn't be such a big deal if jay park wasn't so big like he literally was the face of 2pm he was the leader of 2pm like korean mm-hmm. groups have like a, a leader and he was the leader of 2pm yeah and they literally like cut him off for saying like he hated korea and then he went back 
to the states. He was in Seattle. He was literally working at a tire company or something. Like, for, like he was doing like a very mundane job, and started from scratch. Remember when he used he posted those videos on YouTube? Like that song what was it called Abandon? It was a Bob song. I can't remember. He had an original too at that time, and we were like, <sighs> at this time, we were like, oh my god, Jay Park released a song on YouTube, and he's literally sitting in a room recording in like a white shirt girl he started posting covers and then he started releasing his own stuff and then like he he literally had to start from scratch he was starting off as a youtuber again you know but at that point when he started doing that there are more north americans and like europeans that were getting into getting K-pop. into K-pop, so yeah. they were the ones who are kind of backing him more than i would say koreans right oh definitely they pretended he did not exist yeah they disowned him and then once he started to get like some clout and like get a little bigger he started he came back to korea i believe right yeah and he rebranded he became like a k-hip-hop k-r-m-b type of person then he started his own company his own label group aomg remember yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. then he started getting more famous and more famous because he started getting rappers and stuff into yeah. his group and then started doing covers with them remember him and doc too like they became a to- duo or something and then they started doing more and more stuff and then now jay park is like a not only a label manager a label owner but also part of rock nation so it's like yeah. he had to literally forget his completely forget his korean roots and completely start over because of random myspace comments and i I really don't think he would have even like been able to rebrand himself if k-pop was only in korea at the time it was because there were international fans and people who his comments didn't even impact none of us were phased by it obviously like it was just kind Mm -hmm. of like okay and he said he hates korea okay and what all yeah and he had the ability to leave korea a lot of people don't have the ability Mm -hmm. to leave korea so once you're canceled you're canceled hence the large suicide rate in you know in entertainment he was canceled he made it back but it wasn't like overnight like people didn't forget and the next day you know it was years he had to leave the whole he was in pop he had to leave that whole thing behind and start in a different angle and imagine your teammates who are like throw you aside too that you think you're friends with that's painful man yeah but then that's the thing with korean entertainment is that when you're in first of all when you are like when you audition and you become a trainee it's literally a a dog fight you're literally fighting with all these people who are just as talented just as pretty just as perfect as you and so they kind of put this mentality into you that oh my god you know you have to work hard for your basic rights because in the end of the day it is a job but they're not told that it's a job they're told this is a once in a lifetime opportunity no matter how shitty we treat you you have to accept that kind of thing and it is because because you know in korea it's not only the entertainment industry that's competitive everything is competitive that's just the culture there you know so the, these trainees it's not overnight oh one day you, you find out you could sing one day you find out you can dance audition you're done for you're already a star let's do some marketing no it's literally when people say oh i don't like k-pop because it's manufactured it's manufactured for a reason it's literally because that's the only thing that could survive in their industry there's no such thing as organicness like if we're being honest people that do um what is that that show the audition show called k-pop star or Mm -hmm. the one you know what i'm talking about i think so like their version of like their version of like the voice american idol and stuff people who make it there don't fully make it overnight 
they have to do a lot man they have to get signed by the right agency they have to have the right like marketing team or whatever and it's just it's honestly like in the case of jay park he's so lucky he left it because like all these agencies even in like korea like they're all of them are under slave contracts all of them are like not even getting a fair cut of like what they're working for so it's messed up and so so what a slave contract is is like usually when these uh k-pop artists are getting signed by um whatever company like if if a company is like, okay, we want to have you as a trainee, they make them sign a contract. And like, they're maybe like 12, 13 years old when they're signing these contracts. Sometimes and they don't, are, honestly. Yeah. And you're not guaranteed that you're going to debut. But basically, what they're signing is that they're going to provide training for you. They're going to provide like a bunch of things for you. And once you make it, um, you have to pay for all of it back. So like, you're getting dancing classes singing classes clothes living expenses everything right is being covered when you're a trainee once you make it you have to pay all of it back so you're like by the time you're a star you're in debt so it'll take years and years before you're actually even making an income from what you're Mm -hmm. doing it's like literally like as soon as these artists are debuting they're like they're not really making money they're just paying back their debt which is another reason why they listen to everything. This is another reason why if they're told go to that show, they have to go to that show. Go to that. Your schedule is 24 hours. Okay, my schedule is 24 hours, you know? Yeah. And because we're, we were able to watch like these reality shows, you kind of actually see like their living conditions and like how they're living. And imagine like this group that's like selling out, let's say Madison Square Garden is living in like this dingy two bedroom with like five bunk like three bunk beds it's crazy yeah you it's just so glamorized that's the thing their Mm -hmm. real life versus their you know performance life is just completely different it's very jarring i don't know how it is now but this is definitely how it was when groups were debuting before 2010 like i can't really say i wasn't into k-pop that much after yeah that time but before mm -hmm. then that's literally how everyone debuted everyone trained people will train for like 10 years straight and then be dropped and then would have to start living life, you know, going to school from scratch and all that stuff. I wonder, so like a huge group right now is BTS. I wonder, like, considering all their fame, I, I just think like, oh, are they, are they like actually getting anything of what they're making? Are they like, you know, struggling? A lot of people. Are you surprised with how big they are? Um, yes. I mean, no, I, I feel like I called it. Remember, I remember when they debuted. Back when you used to watch every single day. Yeah, and I remember seeing them and I I remember saying like, oh, I think they're going to be the next big bang. But I I never imagined it was going to be this big. But I feel like K-pop was already kind of headed in the direction of being big because remember, um, slowly they were being nominated in um, the VMAs. Like there was a category like the international or foreign artists. Uh, I believe EXO was in it one time. Super Junior was nominated one time. So I kind of did see them kind of bridging over and coming over but never like this you know what i mean you know what i think first of all the reason why k-pop blew in the middle east was like i said the mbc thing but also because of the korean government and how they promote tourism and like how they promote their culture worldwide it's actually insane because you know the first halu wave or wave wave in korea it's like the first korean wave when korean um, entertainment started going from korea to the other parts of asia Mm -hmm. and they got so popular in like japan and china remember tvxq they were called like dbsk or whatever and they were so big to this day you could hear like anime songs like uh one piece has a tvxq song like that's how big 
like Super Junior and Girls Generation were huge in Asia. Like they were so big that you'd see random pictures of them all over the Middle East, like Hatta. If you used to, back then, like Korea wasn't Ooh, even known. Yeah. But then you would go into a store and you'd see like, wait, why is there a Girl Generation poster here? Especially in like those Korean stores. So like um, the face shop. Yeah. Korean, right. So we'd see like Suzy and a bunch of like different K pop. That's when that it we... started getting bigger though. That's when K beauty became a thing too. But like, even like Suzy and all of them, that like that was the second generation, second wave of like K pop acts, like Miss A and like, uh, what do you call Sister Sister? And all, what are they called? Sister Sister. Sister, yeah. Miss A, Sister, and FX, and all of them were like the second wave of Korean thingy. But like that first Halu wave took over the whole of Asia and the whole of like Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. That means like China and like Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, Japan. And once they conquered that market, it was so easy to get into like the Middle East. And then remember the South Korean government was offering so many things. They were offering exchange, um, programs with students to go and study Korean in the, uh, the big Korean universities for free. And they were also doing that whole teaching thing where the people could go and teach english um and they would get paid that, but yeah they were doing all right. of that but they were also doing free concerts for us remember yeah like but that Infinite. was because of google wasn't yeah wasn't that because that, of samsung? it was because of samsung and yeah, that's samsung. the whole cultural thing yeah like we had like legit free concerts in the uae and we'd have free fan meetings with like running remember running man came oh my gosh i'm so, people? I'm, so I'm so upset i missed that yeah, so like but. it was so much more it was in the Middle East it was a more direct connect mm-hmm. like it wasn't only online like there the government was doing stuff to foster connections personally like they were sending yeah. their own entertainment people to come meet us the fans for free and like you know because you know Arabs got money sis yeah they, smart. they really do at that time Korean uh, Korean entertainment wasn't that fam- that popular not as popular as Turkish dramas for sure or Indian you know mm-hmm. stuff for sure but because of that more people were interested oh why are these people showing up oh and then you find out like a friend of yours you have at least one friend that was in- into k-pop or k-drama mm-hmm. so i feel like the government did a lot to promote it was harder going across to america because america you know let's be honest they're so self-obsessed if they can't <laughs> understand the language there's no way that you're gonna true. make it yeah that but like true. other countries are open to it yeah so that's why it's surprising that bts made it but i feel like they made it because like you said bts debuted in 2011 and we're like oh this group is definitely gonna pop off but then they went quiet and then i remember around 2012 or something 20 sorry 2013 2014 they came out with this song and it got popular on facebook back when i used to use facebook and then i was like oh this group looks really interesting and then i remember that they have this show where they went to America for this um, program. They were learning how to speak English or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was, even then they weren't popular. Even then we were watching fan cams from their own thingy, but they really utilized YouTube. Like they used that shit properly. And I think they also used Vine. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a combination of like timing, marketing. But also, you know, during that time is when Justin Bieber went on his hiatus, uh, hiatus and also One Direction mm. broke up. So they filled a really needed gap. <laughs> what happened to all those fans? Oh. Because there's a difference between BTS fans right now on Twitter and stuff like that that only listen to BTS, that only promote BTS and the way they 
religiously follow it and all that stuff mm-hmm. compared to Saesung fans, like Korean fans. They're com- the culture is completely different. So I had to look at that and be like, these people are so different from the people that I used to share K-pop. Why are they so different? Then I realized, wow, this sounds so much... These are believers and directioners. This looks like a directioner. This person tweets like a directioner. That makes a lot of sense. I, f- I guess it's like timing, marketing. Literally, there was a void in where like stand culture yeah. was missing Someone, Someone to, to stand. promote. Yeah, literally, to, just so, to stand. So they all, like, what? It makes sense. North American fans really do have a lot of power and, like... Bringing them to America, the Grammys right? and stuff. So, like, yeah. bringing them to the Grammys. Bring- they played Madison Square Garden. Can you believe this? A K-pop group in Madison Square Garden? Well, there have been K-pop groups in Madison Square Garden. Ooh. SM did a whole thing there. I guess that's different because it's, like, all of SM Entertainment. Yeah, versus, also like, Big Hit. Like, the entertainment company that BTS came from, they weren't popular at all. Yeah, I think BTS really was small. the first group to make it. Honestly, looking back, like I would have thought that they were going to get big or like K-pop would be big, just never this big. Because it's now like they've even collaborated with like super mainstream artists like Nicki Minaj and like, you know. No, like, but then 21 collaborated with the Black Eyed Peas, you know. But it wasn't like played on the radio. That's the but difference. That's di- but also, but that's different, yeah. like considering how old 21 was. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel like 21... Like, yeah, they weren't like, a new group. Like, a lot of these other groups did almost do what BTS has done, but like after so long. With yes, BTS, yeah. I feel like they've done it in like a shorter amount of time. Like they're not even 10 years old. Like they're not even, what, when, I think 2014 they came out, if I had to 2011, guess. I think. No. Was it not? Like I feel like it was like 2013 when you first started. Yeah, 2013. So like they're not even 10 years old, right? And they've like. Yeah. They really, they, they peaked. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, 21 has done, like, cool stuff too. But, yeah. yeah. K-pop in general, like, it's just, it's, in the end of the day, it's literally Korean pop. It's not anything special. Um, The thing is, people are, if you're into synchronized dancing and also, <laughs> what do you call it, really bright colors and that kind of stuff, then language is really not a barrier. It's not like you actually care what oh, people no. are saying. <laughs> I don't think it really matters. Like, people listen to, like, different But it's interesting, like, time, how right? stand culture has changed. And also, like, if we're going to go back and talk about, like, Seisung fans and the kind of fans that people before BTS had, these fans are soft. At most, they're going to attack you, Okay. Oh, the yeah. fans, Seisung fans, or Seisung fans are basically insane Korean fans. Stalker. I don't even know what means. Stalker fans. They will literally stalk the artist and like send them crazy things. Okay, so here's the definition of a Seisung fan. Is an obsessive fan who stalks or engages in other behavior, such as invasion of privacy of the Korean idol or other public figure. The term Seisung comes from the Korean word sa, meaning private, and sing meaning a life. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> and in reference to the fans' intrusion into the celebrities' private lives, they're actually crackheads. Let's just say that. Korean fans are crackheads, and then there are also anti-fans who are also crackheads. They're like the complete opposite, but like they hate the group so much that they'll... Dedicate their life to hating them. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then um, the kind of stuff, the crazy stuff we used to hear, this was like gossip back then. I remember TVXQ used to get letters with blood written on it. Oh, God. And like, looking at it right now, it says, it literally has TVXQ and JYJ talking about blood. 
Yes. They had the craziest fans because their fans used to literally terrorize them. And it was insane because they had to worry about the fans. They had to worry about the reporters who will try anything and everything to destroy their lives. That's what happened to Yo Chen, right? Like, they they said that, oh, he he raped someone in his whole career. But then JYG weathered a lot of uh, bad press because of how SM distro- almost destroyed their lives. So do you want to give a little backstory of what is JYG and what is TVXQ and what is SM? Okay. So SM Entertainment is like, yeah, sorry. SM Entertainment is one of the bigger um, entertainment companies. They had groups like, you know, Girls' Generation, Super Junior, EXO, FX. All of them are, FX was uh, SM, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and these were all really big groups. And they also had this group called TVXQ that were called DBSK in Japan and China. And this group was one of the biggest groups in Asia, not yeah, just they broke the world Guinness World Record for most fans, I think, at one point. Yeah, and their fans were called Kisopia or something like that. But like when I tell you that their fandoms were huge, like literally, you'll find a TVXQ fan everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happened was three of the members, JYJ, <laughs> Jejong, Yuchen, and Jungsung, I think his name was. I forgot the last one. <laughs> the one that had the really nice voice, Jungsung. Those three, they wanted to leave the entertainment company, right? Wasn't that like the whole? Yeah. Um, yeah, they wanted to like part ways. Yeah, because SM is literally like they're crackheads. Like they're they're, they're one of the more slave contract slave contractors. So it says here, Jejong, Yuchun, and Junsu attempted to split with their Korean management, SM Entertainment, claiming that their 13-year contract was excessively long, schedules were held out without permission of the members, and the profits were unfairly distributed. And then, yep. so that's why they broke off. And I guess the other two, so there are a total of five members, so the other two are probably like, nah, we good with this. That was Yuno and Chaemin, I think. Yeah, so the other two are probably like, nah, we good, but these three were like, nah, this is... Yeah. Insane. So they leave, they leave and they form a group called JYJ, which is their initials, and they become really popular. They come out with Wait songs Wait a second, it was really yeah. hard for them to be popular because because SM is one of the bigger companies, they blocked them off of like all the, remember, like they couldn't promote. I know, but they came up the- with songs and they still had their fan thingy and the songs were really popular, but they couldn't perform anything. They couldn't go on, rea- uh, what do you call it, the Music Bank, which is the weekly show. They couldn't go on reality show they couldn't do any promotion whatsoever like sm entertainment threatened those companies to be like if you bring them we're not bringing any of our um what do you call it our artists on your show and so it's like you have uh, groups like super junior and like girls generation if they don't come on the entertainment shows and they don't come Mm -hmm. on reality shows that's a huge loss so everyone started icing them out and blacklisting them from everything and it literally took them forever to get anything to get roles for shows to get roles for dramas to get anything and it was like a really big deal because they had to rely on people who weren't scared of sm right and who weren't relying on them so it took a like they were they still became big in spite of that but they weren't able it was in spite of not being able to do the promotions we were talking about in the beginning because we said in the beginning that the way they promoted was like appearing on reality shows doing performances and things like that and they without that you're screwed yeah, and they weren't allowed to do any of those things because all of these people are siding with SM because they're threatening, 
Yeah. Taking this is a time without YouTube and without Instagram and all the stuff. So they had to rely on these TV shows that gives them promotions and basically um, ranks your music. Oh, you're the first of the week or second of the week, that kind of stuff. Without that, without Music Bank, without radio shows, without all of that, then you're basically not even a singer. Basically, you're yeah. a nobody. But it, well, YouTube did exist, you no? Know? It was like. But they couldn't YouTube. use it like that. Mm-hmm. Like YouTube was still like people weren't really relying. Like YouTube was like people would release their tracks on YouTube, but they would still rely on like other outlets, right? So right yeah, now, I now think views as- matter, right? But back then, they wouldn't use your YouTube views for for mm-hmm. ratings. Exactly. So in like in Korea, like we said, in South Korea, if you go against one of these companies or make the wrong person, your career is done for. You are gone. 100%. And what about the fact that, like, we we're talking about their personal lives a bit, but um, the fact that, like, fans feel so entitled to their lives that they're not allowed to date, they're not allowed to have, like, personal relationships with other people, and if they do, people start disowning them, they'll be mad at their celebrity, their idol or whatever, but they'll start sending hate to the, like, the other person so like let's say a guy and let's say shiny starts dating a girl the girl is gonna get so much hate and harassment and abuse from the fans that like she won't even want to be with him because like seriously honestly who is even worth all of that to be honest <laughs> yeah and that's because of the idea of perfection like they make it seem like these people are asexual um born came out of the womb with their nose perfect their hair mm-hmm. in place you mm-hmm. know ne- even if they if they have one pimple on their face people are like oh my god don't you clean your face like that's the They're kind so of energy evil. they come with what about how um Ailey, every time she gained a little bit of weight they'd be like oh my god she's so fat she can't even do anything do you understand mm-hmm. when yeah. someone like iu who's the singer she's so petite and so small has to go on a water diet before she films a video or a music video, you know it's bad. It is. Let's be real. Like, North American fans to North American celebrities are just the same. Like, they receive just as much hate, you know what I mean? Comments like that, too. But it really, like, for some reason, in South Korea, it's heightened. It's not. But the thing is, like, for example, if Billie Eilish, people talk about her and stuff like that, in the end of the day, her if her, her record label doesn't do anything about her or doesn't care about her or doesn't enforce it, it affects her, but not like so much, you know, not as mm-hmm. much as it would affect a Korean person. If a Korean person, if some, if you say like, oh my God, I hate what they're wearing. Oh my God, she's so slutty. Or, oh my God, she needs to wear less clothes or whatever. Their record labor, their entertainment company will tell them you need to do X, Y, Z. And they can't say anything because like we said, they're under a contract. You know what show actually shows you like a little, a small, tiny glimpse of this is Dream High. You remember that show? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of see a little tiny glimpse of how these people, like, you know, how much it affects them. We're able to, like, take in this content and, like, enjoy it and then go to sleep, you know? They have to live it. It's super toxic. It's like a very toxic culture. Yeah. Also, how people talk about it, like, when now, because it's more popular, you'll see, like, foreign media talking about it. Like, for example, people writing articles on Forbes and whatever. And sometimes it's just so dense. It's so tone deaf. It's like they talk about it... when it, comparing it to American TV or comparing it to like British TV, it's not the same. The culture is different in Korea. Like the, their culture is like that. That's how it is when it comes to school. Like the, the idea of perfection or the idea of being the best that you can be, that's ingrained into them from the time they were kids. You know, no matter how weird it is to us, for them, it's you know 
kind of normal. That's just normal for them. Yeah. Another reason why I think that they're so popular is because of their fashion, the Korean street fashion, mm. and also Korean beauty and how, you know, like right now Korean beauty is super popular. I don't know if it's because people have perfect faces and they have perfect skin, or mm. because it's just different. It's something new to try, something different to try. They keep showing us that their celebrities have like such incredibly beautiful skin that they were able to kind of use that. But also, there's the huge thing of like surgery, right? Like, doesn't korea have like the highest rate of plastic surgery in the world or am i making that up i don't know if it's highest rate but i know it's very very common and very very popular because i remember someone telling me that when they like graduate school or they get like gift cards to go to the plastic surgeon and also i remember when i went to like when i was in asia someone told me they went to korea and none of the korean people actually look like the people you see on screen there's a disparity between the regular korean person and a korean celebrity even though it's the same everywhere but in korea it's so stark like literally so stark you know what's so funny is when korean uh, korean dramas or korean movies or when you're watching all this stuff first of all korean movies are the bomb.com but sometimes they're depressing (laughs) anyway when you're watching those korean dramas and korean movies and then they bring in the one ugly person or the one fat person and they're still cute (laughs) please someone explain this to me how's this ugly person actually good looking Okay, like, you know, I had to suspend belief watching. Okay, so when you first watch Korean dramas, it's a culture shock, obviously, because you have to learn how the humor works and you have mm-hmm. to, there's some stuff that you get used to. But the biggest thing that I couldn't get used to was how they called certain characters ugly and how they called certain characters beautiful. And I'm like, but they're all pretty. <laughs> like, yeah. how is this person ugly just because they're wearing a shirt that's too big? Isn't that so messed up though? Because that messes with that messes with your perception head. of beauty. That itself adds on to like the need for people to go get their faces done, or it's a lot of eyelid surgery, um, their yeah, nose, the their chin, their chin. Like that, Remember right? when we first started and all the V chin, yeah, and they kept doing like V's under their chin to make it more V. Yeah. So like, if you're watching TV and the ugliest person looks like the prettiest person if you saw them on the street in your daily life yeah obviously that's kind of mess with you you. right it's also why i think idols are super popular is because name one idol that's real please you know what i find crazy is how when people do fan cams or when people do um uh videos of their favorite idols and you do all these edits and you you make them look so like literally like their perfection Mm -hmm. and it's insane because it's like if this idol one day looks out of sorts they're gonna get dragged Oh, 100%. You better not look out of sorts. <laughs> it's yeah. so, But it's so crazy because even within, like, Korean celebrities, right? A lot, there's, like, a lot of them commit suicide, right? Because of unrealistic standards of beauty, uh, the media, expectation. And it's, like, it's not just the media. It's also, like, their companies. It's like what you said, right? Like, in North America, it's like the media says one thing, but as long as your company doesn't care, you can kind of, like, try to not care about it. But here, it's like the media is abusing you. The fans are abusing you. And then your company is, like, applying that pressure on you from their side. And then you have, like, these depressed idols that are committing suicide because they can't deal with it anymore i know especially like shiny what happened to jonghyung that's like it first of all it came left field but at the same time it's like it's when so you sad. think about yeah when you think about like people are like oh we have to do something about this and i just looked at it like that's such a naive way to think because this is a cultural thing it's mm-hmm. not like you can't just isolate one thing you can't just blame a company or blame the media or blame the fans it's so many things that it's out of people's control 
there are so many people that like because I have I haven't been to K-pop for a while, but like there's so many people that I knew when I was into K-pop that have now committed suicide, and that's like too many people. And the way they turn out acts like almost all the groups that we were into have disbanded or don't make music anymore. And now there's all that's one thing, one reason why you you can't really. like being honest you can't be a k-pop fan for years and years and years because you'll like a group and then they'll disband and they'll stop making music anymore and then you kind of lose interest in the whole k-pop thing which is what kind of happened to me and you kind of lose interest and then liking a new group or starting a new group it's like like we said a whole cultural thing you have to find out who this you know you like their music okay now you watch their other uh, shows and their other appearances and now you're you're watching their interviews and now you're looking at all their live performances and now you're watching fan counts it's just a full-time job honestly oh girl i know i i look back at how much time i wasted like i'll be real i had like a whole tumblr account dedicated to k-pop i used to edit pictures like i was deep into it and i look back and i'm like I really had time. Like, I spent hours. Uh, it makes sense though, but that was like during our teens, and like that's the one thing that we had. Like I, w- I would never call myself a stan, you know, like perish the thought. But I was a fan, so I was. There was a part of a fandom, and the thing is, there was a culture that promoted that fandom. People will tell you to join fan groups and like oh, fandom groups, and I it was did. so hard. You, <laughs> I was part of a forum. Okay. That like would post, um, videos and like interviews and like, I w- it just gives you everything. Because remember how we were talking about how like getting the content from the group that you're into is, was very hard, right? Like yeah. you can't, you can't just go on YouTube and find everything you want. There are niche places. It's hard, right? So yes. being a part of this like fan net forum thing, they would have everything. This group has an interview today. We're uploading it when it comes out. They're going to be on the reality show. It's going to be here. Um, and then you also like collect points. And I don't even know what the hell half of that stuff did. But it was just like an, uh, like a forum that just had everything that you needed. The content you to be- needed. Yeah. Like, so you don't need to go looking for it. Now, I understand when people are like, oh, my God, Somali girls are all into K-pop. Why is that? It makes sense. First of all, for like culturally, Somali people, we watch everything as if your parents didn't have Bollywood oh, 100%. posters all over watching- their house dubbed bollywood with red hammer accents like come on please we okay like watching that's our culture different things yeah like turkish dramas bollywood dramas chinese dramas i've watched everything i've watched we used to watch thai dramas which just korean dramas kind of made it internationally now because of this mm-hmm. you know the, the government taking advantage of you know social media and social networking and all this stuff but mm-hmm. also so I'm not surprised that Parasite won a Grammy. Like to me, I feel like Japanese Oscar. culture is more. Um, sorry, I keep saying Grammy Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Japanese color culture is more insular. Like they, they just you know they're not. Uh, there's a connection between South America, South Korea, and America. Like they have a direct connection. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's more easier for them to branch out and make it in the Oscars because they are more likely to apply for those kind of stuffs. That's true. Um, and I, yeah, and I, so. the thing is, what I think about like Japanese shows and stuff, I've watched them. To be honest, they have quality. Like some shows that are Japanese, I would say the like because they've been remakes, right? Where there's a Japanese version and then there's a Korean version. Most of the times, I like the Japanese. The quality, the script, the plot is way better. But the reality is, the the production for a Korean is way better. It's way better. Yeah. 
like filming their mo- their their scenes yes the, the money the chavelness the mo- they got money that's like literally when you watch it you can see the differences money no money let's say for example boys over flowers henny or dango right which is like they're both the same thing korean one had lee min ho okay the crop the crop it had lee min ho what kills me is it had that girl who was loud and obnoxious and annoying but when i watch it she's like, famous quality's good i hate her yo the when they said good. he was rich we believe it because we see the richness we, we can see it the, like the quality the production the clothes the lights everything about it is mashallah japanese one they had like a puny skinny guy right <laughs> first of all but you watch it and you love it because his character it was like, more real he, he delivered right yes. yeah like it was amazing the japanese one you know what i mean when you just look at first glance both of them you're more attracted to watching the korean one the korean drama also like korean movies are even better than their dramas like their dramas oh, there's yeah. a bunch you could watch like the melodramas or you could watch action drama or their cop ones which are really good their cop dramas mm-hmm. are really good yeah. but like their movies are next level production their movies are even better than their dramas i would say their movies are better than a lot of american movies like their horror movies their gang movies and like them you know the man from nowhere their psychological thrillers are so good so i'm not surprised parasite made it because the author even wrote that director directed um memoirs of a murder so good like i'm not lying it's one of the best psychological thrillers so i'm not surprised and it also caters like it makes sense when you compare it to um like american entertainment it kind of has the same themes but yeah why it's popular among somali girls it was meant to happen bro <laughs> it was meant to happen it was meant to come to us you know yeah. some of us it came a long time ago some of us are into it now some of us are over it we move yeah some of us are over it exactly it's interesting to see it now like looking back on it and like kind of seeing how k-pop fans are now i'm just like whoa like was i ever th- i guess you know what what the difference is we didn't really we have social media like that when we were fans yeah. like i had tumblr yes. but like we fangirled and like we're into it together like in real life so we didn't really yeah. take it to social media a lot also people but- never fought because there was no fighting there's no competition yeah okay fine like when exo came out i think when EXO came out, that's when the crazy fans started. I, I stand by that. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, were we ever this crazy? But I don't think we were because we were never no, on social we media. We it was never... so rare to find someone who liked K-pop in general. But K-drama, K-pop... It's going to just get bigger the next 10 years because of how globalized the world is and how we're all interconnected. And mm. these people saying they can't watch movies without subtitles... What? Are you dumb? I can't. First of all, I you know what I think it is also. So I think about it like when we were in the UAE and stuff, we always had Arabic subtitles on. So we like we grew up with subtitles. Like even though I barely understood what I was reading, you still read it. Yeah, lalho, tabalik. All the bad words, safala. <laughs> I, mean, I remember words. all of them. Literally, that's so true. So we were always reading. So like switching it to English was just kind of like okay. Like now we're actually gonna read it. Yeah. I watch English shows with subtitles just so that I don't miss something that they say. That I, I didn't can't hear. watch anything without subtitles. Also, like you said, anime. You can't watch anime without subtitles. Even though you could do dubbed, but like that's so ghetto. So we watch. No, you know, like, I watch ew, anime. With you subtitles. watch a dubbed anime. Who are you? Ugh, the only thing I've ever watched dubbed is Naruto the first half Me obviously too. Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon all of them because I grew Sailor up with Moon. those when we were younger yeah. but Naruto the first half the first Fox. Naruto I watched dubbed the second one was in Japanese that's it that's the last time I ever looked I promise you I watched the first part of Naruto and dubbed second part I would have watched it dubbed but it was not available 
That's true because it was a we were watching it live while yeah. it was airing. So I had That's to watch true. it subbed, but then that changed my life and I could never yeah. go back to Naruto. What is it? Believe, Believe it. it. Believe it. Ew. <laughs> oh my god, I cringe oh when god. I hear that. And then Sasuke's moodiness. Oh my god, Naruto, you're so dumb. Like, yeah, oh my, I can't believe we did that. one line is, I'm going to be the Hokage one day. Believe, <laughs> believe it. it. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Even though I liked his voice, I'm not going to lie, the voice actress was a did girl. such a good job. Yeah, really? I know. She did such a good job. But even, both of them are girls. His Japanese one and his... Girl, do you remember Naruto dubbed in Arabic? Sasuke. Yeah, I don't think I ever... I never watched that abomination. Girl, I Sasuke story. was called... Sasuke. Sasuke! Atufakiru fil harabi faniatan? Naruto! Arjuk aid! Arjuk aid Sasuke ila ukariya! La ila ila! It made my skin crawl. Sakura! Girl. Sakura! Girl, Allah, it was so funny. Don't it used to come on Space Tune. It used to come on Space Tune. I'm not surprised. It was so Space funny. Space Tune was yeah. an abomination. I'm not gonna lie. An abomination. Girl, Space Tune was good sometimes. It, it brought me Frank. You know what's crazy? I watched, um, I used to watch Strawberry Short King on Space Tune. Why? Yep. Me too. I don't remember. <laughs> I vaguely remember, but I just remember a lot of pink. And um, Space Tune, Space Tune brought us anime in Arabic. Okay, let's let's not forget it brought us all those yeah. soccer anime. Captain Magic. Ooh, yes, Captain. There was Captain Magic, and there was other one. I forget. You know, we were How so desperate, we didn't care. We watched all of them. Abayo. I watched we were so a lot of my anime was dubbed like early years was dubbed in um, Arabic. Remember Ana wa Akhi? <laughs> I still remember the theme <laughs> it's song. It's her theme song. <laughs> yes. Wait. Something is fauni la araha ummi dikrala ansa. Shawkun yad fauni la araha ummi dikrala ansa. Girl, that was a whole bop. Are you dumb? All of the st- theme songs uh, for Space Tune were literal bops. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Creative Even Detective Conan. Geniuses. Detective Conan. Detective Conan. Proper. Oh my god. It was so good. Girl, first of all, they really like had to remake entire theme songs to fit their Arabic anime yeah. and I they did a it. great job yeah, it was a like, production I, I like you know things when you're first introduced to it the first time so like those animes that i watched on space tune were like, i didn't mind you, them right? in arabic yeah, like, they were cartoons yeah. right and like that i've never heard them in japanese or english so like i took it in as it was the same way sailor moon i can't watch that subbed so like that's you need serena it has to be serena i need Molly. it in english dragon yeah. ball z i need that in english right inuyasha too i'm not gonna lie there's certain ones that i just need in english because that's 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 how i grew up even pokemon i cannot watch pokemon, pokemon has pokemon. to be english oh i, I can't can never do that and digimon too i cannot watch those subbed sorry yeah so like those those are like our english shows because that's how we grew up with them but everything you know from here on out is like Konnichiwa, mushi mushi. Come and say, I will never Eita watch Pokemon. <laughs> you're out. Did I ever tell you how when I went to Japan? This is the funniest. I always I tell this to everyone. It was the most sh- culture shock thing that ever happened to me. Never again, but it was hilarious. I was in Japan and I was in a car with this Japanese lady, and then I was talking to her, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, I learned some Japanese. Um, I know some Japanese words." And she's like, "Oh, you do?" And I'm like, "I know how to say let's go." And she's like, "How do you say let's go?" And I was like, "Iko." And this woman laughed for a good ten minutes. I've never seen her laugh. Okay, this is the first time I've seen. 
her laugh. She laughed for a good 10 minutes. And I'm staring at her like, what did I say wrong? And she died. And she's like, we never say stuff like that. Only little kids who can't speak say stuff like that. <laughs> because apparently you have to say ikimas or ikimasho. Like you have to make it more formal. Yeah. But Japanese anime all talks to like baby language. Like they talk in their own version of Japanese. Aye. It was wow. so funny to me. To this day, every time I hear a Japanese, because I, I I was watching One Piece a lot during that time, and he would always say like the guy, uh, Luffy, who's like the main character, would always say like "iko iko" like normally, and mm-hmm. so I thought that was an actual word. Turns out yeah. it's not. It's baby language. Wow. Well, now <laughs> so we be know. careful. <laughs> now we know we can't be saying random. You can't words be saying random words Japanese. you learn in Japanese. On from Same anime. Same goes for Korean. Same goes for Korean. Like, a lot of Korean words that you hear in, like, dramas and stuff like that are so informal that if you said it to someone in real life, they'll consider you to be really rude. Yeah, Yeah. you're, like, being really rude right now. Yikes. Well, good to know. Edumacation. Edumacation. I guess we've got into it as much as we could, right? Yeah, that's everything. If you guys think that we're missing anything, I know a lot of our listeners are into K-pop and K-drama because you guys come from the same backgrounds we do. Yeah. Let us know if we missed anything, or if there is there's a highlight that we missed out a very important incident. Oh my god, I'm pretty sure there's so many that we missed because we only talked about a couple. But if yeah. we sat here and talked about every single thing that was important, we'd be here till tomorrow. Facts. But yeah, um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can add a bond podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Curious Cat, and uh, you can email us at a chronicles at gmail dot com. If you guys just feel like emailing us instead of, you know, tweeting us or messaging us. Yeah. Right? Bye. Bye.